another podcast from Firetop Mountain. A fighting fantasy podcast brought to you by Stuart Lloyd and Alison Sides. Second episode of the podcast from Firetop Mountain. Is it from Firetop Mountain or off Firetop Mountain? I'm not sure. Nevertheless, this is um, a fighting fantasy podcast hosted by myself, Alison Sive, and myself, Stuart Lloyd. Hello, Stuart. Um, so we uh, you, we join one another again a week later after our. Um, illustrious adventure in the city of thieves and tonight we have um, we have something a little bit special don't we do it's the it was the first uh, and only for ages modern time uh fighting fantasy books say modern times um, right actually yeah i forget that um i forget that there was technically a second one wasn't there yes yeah but that was uh that was 2012 that was blood of the zombies mm. Yes, um, yes, which was yeah, yeah. That was um, that would be the, uh, the the second one, and this this one is um, is similar. It was well, we say modern times. It was um, it was way way back in the eighties. Now, wasn't it? It was. Yes, it was. It was the tenth fighting fantasy book, um, and uh, yes, and yes. If it, if it was set today, it probably wouldn't have happened because um, because your character gets into the pickle they're in because they don't have a phone and they need a phone. Um, which which means if the if the mobiles had been around, then they could have just called the garage and uh, gone home, and uh, that would have been it. So, uh, well, yes, well, it's, it is uh, it is um, based on the classic horror films of the um, of the age. How how many of those wouldn't have uh, come to pass if uh, if you were trotting around with mobile phones all over the place? Exactly. Yes. Yes. So, yeah, to get it's a good job. It's a good job we didn't have mobile phones because then we wouldn't have had the horror films. So, true, true. and we so, wouldn't have had uh, House of Hell, um, which we are both quite familiar with. Um, we should do a little bit of introduction for everyone. Um, Stuart is Stuart Lloyd. Would you like to introduce yourself, Stuart? Yes. Hello, I'm Stuart Lloyd. Um, I've got the. I, I run the. I write for the Lloyd of Game Books blog, which I started back in 2010. And I've I've written several uh, game books, sort of fan-related fighting fantasy ones and various other ones. Um, my current project is Scrawl, which is a solo uh, RPG system, which will get game books in it eventually. And uh, yeah, that's that's what I'm doing at the moment. And we'll uh, pop a link uh, down in the um, down in the uh, blurb in the doobly doo for anyone who wants to check out your own. Um your own expertise in uh, in game books which is um, quite uh, quite extensive thank you and um, i'm alison cyber i'm a writer in the uh, tabletop uh, roleplay game um, industry uh, i've worked on uh, game lines including um, starfinder world of darkness and uh, fallout for um, modifius amongst um, several others um, all of which probably would not have come to pass were it not for spending far too much time as a child reading fighting fantasy books. Exactly, yes. We, we have a lot to owe them. And uh, this one in particular, this one is one that was, as a kid, one of my absolute favourites and still is today. Well, yes, well, yes, it's, well, it's very unique. It was very, it was also very daring for the time because... Oh. It's just full of, uh, well, just full of lots of horror symbolism and, and various other stuff. And 
demons and um yes i, I remember I, I don't know how they got away with it at the time when looking back at it i remember there was quite a bit of uh, trouble with uh, the uh, at the time um do you remember um uh, was it uh, was it Ian Livingston who uh, himself who mentioned um, back at the uh, back at the Final Fantasy convention um, about uh, some of the tabloid kerfuffle that uh, this particular book launched? Uh, was it not claimed that um, that uh, one mother um, from from Essex, I think it was, uh, had witnessed the book demonically possessed, levitating up from the uh, from the child's kitchen table or something? Well, uh, yes, I think that was one. And um, yeah, do it. Yeah, so the child was levitating. I think is what she said. Oh, the and child then, was levitating. Yes, I think I think that's the story. And I think Ian Livingstone also said that um, children across the country just thought it was really cool and wanted to buy the book even more because yes. they could, you know, <laughs> they could levitate for four ninety nine or whatever whatever it cost at the time. So four ninety nine. That was a that was a later later printing. Mine was uh, mine was three ninety nine. Oh wow! Okay, yes. <laughs> oh, the prices of uh, paperback books—they have gone up so much. Yes. Oh dear. Yes. Well, it was, yes. It was good times when you could buy, go to W. H. Smiths and buy buy some fighting fantasy books for three ninety nine. I remember. Um, I remember doing that, and I think that's where I got my copy of Fantasy Book. Oh, oh well, there you go. Oh yes. Well, yeah. I got I got a weekly fighting fantasy book from W. H. Smith, so. They've got a lot to answer for, haven't they? So this one was also quite uh, quite innovative because um, it being um, being a horror book, you um, you uh, you start off um, driving to um, to to somewhere. It's not not too important. During a during a storm, you're in your car. The rain is uh, pelting down, and your engine gives out. You trudge away through the mud, through the forest. Uh, towards a dark, sinister house, hoping in desperation that the owner of the house might have a telephone that you can use. Um, you are very, very relieved when the owner is um, is merely the master of some cult and is not actually from the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yes, exactly. I. I... I didn't get vibes of that when I read it first because I didn't know about it, but I kept on thinking about it at the time. But uh, yes, so it is a, um, a little more hammer horror than uh, than rock and horror. It is, yes, yes. There's no, there's no dancing. There's no time warp. You can uh, definitely picture um, Christopher Lee as the uh, as the master um, of the uh, of the house. Although I, I think the uh, the, the illustrations in the book uh, try to make Yes. Well. Yeah. Oh. Yes. Exactly. Yes. I, I see. I see what you. See. Yeah. I see what's going on there. Yeah. Yes. With his. Yeah. With the peak and the. Um. Yes. Is that was very early. <laughs> yes. It is. And um, in order to uh, to evoke this uh, this horror aesthetic, the book has um, has a mechanic, as uh, many of the uh, Final Fantasy books um, of the uh, later years would have um, specific built-in. Um, mechanics for that particular book the, uh, the the gimmick of that book and uh this one's was uh, was fear yes and, it, and it, it was a bit different to the other mechanics because it didn't go down when bad things happened it started at zero and went up mm. and if and if you um reached the score that you rolled then you died of fright yes um how um how many times did you die of fright while playing this game Oh, I only died of fright once. I played it three times and died of fright once. Oh, I died um, of fright. Oh, you died of fright as well. I died of fright. Excellent. <laughs> yes, it's it's quite it's it's. I think that's the that's the that's the score that you have to um, watch out for because the combats aren't actually that difficult. Um, sort of, you, you get a few skill eight people, but not, but nothing really. There's one skill ten one. But I didn't. I didn't come across them. I was flicking through the book. But uh, yes, um, yeah, it's it's the fear that you've got to watch out for. Um, it is. Uh, it's it's quite exciting as you move uh, you move through the book and you watch um, you watch as your fear score gradually slips higher and higher. It, it's quite uh, quite an anxious time, I think, when you're playing it. 
with yes it is it certainly has lots of tension it, it makes you and it makes you think twice about investigating everything because if you do then you'll die pretty quickly um so you, you, you've got whenever you see a door you've got to think do i do i really want to go behind it you, you know you know you've got to go behind some doors to get out but then oh, let's, let's let's talk about the doors um let's talk about the doors as we get to them um so to uh, to begin with you arrive at the mansion um, and I believe you have, um, if you if you choose, you can look around the uh, the mansion as well. Um, get a little um, look around uh, the uh, the general layout, look around the um, the estate. Um, but inevitably, you head uh, you head in. You uh, you knock the door or you uh, or you ring the bell. I think it gives you the uh, the choice for that. Um, and the door is opened. Um, would you like to um, to tell me how did it uh, how did the rest transpire for yourself? Um. Uh, well, on the on my on my first playthrough, um, I, I remember the bit about the beginning. So, um, I went in and I was greeted by the butler, um, who who eventually um, tell us about the butler. Tell us about the butler. Oh, the, the butler Franklin's. Oh well, um, he's 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 a very he's a very butlery butler. He's very polite and he he doesn't talk very much. Um. I, I, I didn't get to the part where I saw him a second time. Should we should we talk about the bit where we both probably died before we got to? Oh, not or, yet. Not yet. <laughs> not uh, yet. Let's uh, let's uh, see. So you were, you were mentioning uh, you you were greeted at the door by Franklin's, uh, the, uh, the the hunchback butler of the uh, of the estate. Oh, well, I think the hunchback the hunchback is a different character. The oh, hunchback is, is Sheku is the hunchback. Who, oh, it is. Yes. He stays. He stays out of sight unless you um, ambush him later on. It's and then, a and then very you um, populated um, mansion, isn't it? It is, and that and that's very suspicious because when you have dinner with the sort of the master of the house. Yes, let's um, get to that part. I'm loving yeah, that. Uh, part. Yes, yeah. So, um, yeah. So Franklin's lets you wait for him, and, and then spooky things happen. You can sort of hang around while you wait for him and look at some paintings. Um, I looked at the young lady painting and she um, lived from, I think it's 1802 to 1834. So she died when she was 32, which is, um, which sounds like a, it's a pretty weird thing to be bringing up, but the uh, Earl later tells you that he had a sister who died when she was 32. Um, and, and she speaks to you, which is a bit freaky and tells you not to drink the white wine. So I it's never pretty- connected the two. Uh, uh, well, yeah, yeah, it's it's That's quite it's really quite good detail. Ooh. Yeah, so it's Steve Jackson was obviously thinking about uh, thinking about it then. Um, so yeah, she tells you not to drink the white wine, and um, and then the I, I ran for the the painting. The painting did yes, so the lady, and I got a fair point for that. But um, I remember it was okay because you can lose it uh, that one at least later on. Um, and then I tried to escape through the door and got an electric shock which is so it's all very suspicious but then but then i saw the we met the earl um and we had dinner so that the dinner's quite a lot of sections the dinner's um, very interesting they they put a lot of uh, a lot of time and uh, and, and effort into the uh, into the dinner um you're given the uh, the choice between uh, several um, several courses several different uh, things that you uh, that you want to eat and um, I think there's there's a couple that will catch you out but I think most of the um, most of the choices that you have there are, are, are kind of safe apart from yes. of course the uh, the the white wine which you've which you've mentioned yes exactly um, and then uh, yes well there's another option I don't know how much should we spoil um, all of it all of it oh <laughs> well it. you on. shouldn't you shouldn't eat the cheese and um it doesn't matter if you take the duck or the lamb but i think if you tell him you've already eaten i think he gets a bit grumpy and and then tries and attacks you i didn't i didn't do that one but i remember that being um a pain so i managed to get through the dinner without getting drugged which is um always an aim of mine when i when i eat dinner it's to <laughs> it's to make it's, it's to um... make sure i'm not stuck and not make sure i'm not uh, set unconscious. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's awful when that happens to you, and, uh, and you're you're in Weatherspoons. Yes, exactly. Um, yes. The last last time uh, last time that happened, uh, the uh, the cleaners just kind of cleaned all around me. They they didn't even wake me up. 
<laughs> I see. I, I guess I, I didn't know they've been told not to wake up the patrons. So. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, the uh, the dinner scene, I think, is probably one of my uh, one of my favourites in the uh, in the book because of the amount of. Um, of detail and thought that's uh, that's put into it. The every choice there feels like it feels like it matters, even if um, even if it doesn't. It kind of makes you makes you agonise over what uh, what decisions to go for. Um, but whichever one you you do go for, you kind of um, you you inevitably wind up in the uh, in the same state, um, which is um, locked within um, within one of the uh, one of the guest bedrooms. Yes, exactly. Um, and the last thing you should do is try and go to sleep. Um, mm. It's to try to get out, um, which which leads you to meet the hunchback because he's the one who brings you the drink. Yes. And, yes. And the uh, yes, the, the hunchback is like well, he's I'm sure he's like a, a typical hammer horror hunchback. He's sort of very eager to please his master and. That's about his only aim in life is to make his master happy. Mm. So, um, if you, um, I, uh, well, I, I didn't, I didn't attack him the first time because um, even though I had a skill of nine, I had a. Th we, everyone starts with a three-point penalty to their skill because they're not armed. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is um, uh, this is not one of the uh, one of those books where you're wandering around with uh, with a sword. You're literally just a regular person who's having a really bad night. Yes. Well, yes, yes. That's to put it mildly. Um, yeah. So, I, so I locked him in the room and then and then started wandering around. Um, so yes. So, uh, I mean, you can fight him if your skill's high enough, and then you only need to hit him twice, and then he might tell you a couple of things, and then you lock him in the room. So. Um, what what did that? Ah yes. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't think they're very useful. Um, you you have to do something very special to get him to tell you something useful when you see him the second time, um, which we'll we'll come up to later. I, I I'm sure. Um, but yeah, so then but then you're wandering around the house. Um, no, which... I like how um, how you wander around the house because um, essentially there's uh, there's there's a structure to the. It's, it's laid out um, and it always kind of made me think of the, uh, of the house from Cluedo um, where, where it's like over over several floors and you kind of you move through the uh, through the hallway um, and uh, there's uh, there's a number of uh, doors that's basically one after the other and you're going from uh, you, you can if you want just go from door to door to door and then down the stairs door to door to door again um, but each door um, that you come to kind of has uh, has a little little nameplate on it with uh, with uh, with a demonic kind of name on it like the uh, the Azrael room and the Diabolos room and, uh, and things like that well, yeah, um, yeah it's like the most sinister name of some rooms you can possibly imagine yes exactly yes they're, they're not they're not the names you want in a travel lodge or something they're, they're the names that make you want to flee the house immediately if you haven't worked out you're supposed to already yeah, so yeah and they, they don't exactly tell you what what is in each of the rooms it's like uh, it's not like guest room east wing or like uh, like um, like kitchen lobby like storage room uh, no it's just, you, you go to the you go to the room and it's just like a maintenance cupboard no no that that's the uh, the abaddon room Literally, if you go in there, you're expecting uh, like fallen angels, like wreaking havoc and shooting death beams at you. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's it's a wonder anyone knows how to get around it. But uh, yeah. So I mean, I get. Yes. If I was starting a demonic cult, I just I wouldn't do that. That would just get really confusing. Um, but I'm not going to. Just 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 putting it out there. I'm just just making sure everyone knows that I'm not starting a demonic cult. Master, but it, uh, master, I cannot find the mop. I keep telling you, Sheku, it's in the Azriel room. But how exactly. am I meant to remember that? <laughs> exactly. That poor hunchback. He's yes. Oh dear. So, um, which which, uh, which rooms do you particularly remember going into? Because the uh, the first room I went into had a, had a, had a zombie in it. So I was dead chuffed with that. <laughs> what did you find in your rooms? Um, I said, oh, I found, 
I, I, I think it was a zombie room, the Azazel room. There was a letter opener. Um, yeah, the well, yes. Um, I, I found the zombie as well, but they. Um, the good, well, the good thing about this book is it go. If it's it's sort of, it sort of um, fits in with the whole horror theme in the sense that if if this was like a fantasy book, you'd walk into a room and the and the thing would say there is a zombie in the room. You fight the zombie, but in in this book it was there's some the curtain is moving. Do you want to go over to the curtain? And and then and then you pull it away and then there's a zombie and you get a fear point and then you have to fight the zombie. Yeah. So um yes, no, I thought that was really well done. Um and and then the zombie's not that strong. I think it's all about it's all about the fear points in this. Yeah, yeah. It's um, the fear points that just rack up as you go. Um, yeah. and the thing is like most of the rooms you'll wind up um I think like at least half of them give you fear points or have the potential to give you fear points. Well, yes, yes. There's, well, yes. It's, you get fear points for everything. I mean, um, there's there's even some helpful ghosts, but because they're ghosts, when they try to help you by appearing and talking to you, they also give you fear points. So um, it's you can't you can't avoid a lot of the fear points in this in this book. Um, so um, yes, they they do rack up, and you're looking at your fear score, like you say. And, and thinking, am I am I going to get through this? You kind of um, wind up uh, hoping that your the fear um, stat that you rolled at the start of the book is, is good and high. Yes, exactly. Um, yes, I th I've read. I think it's on TV tropes that you can't win the book if you have a fear of seven. I think seven's the minimum fear that you. I uh, sorry, eight's the minimum fear you need to win. So. Um, so once again, they're lying about the minimum scores. You can win with the minimum scores. I mean, I um, died and I had uh, I had a ten, so that was like, well, yeah. <laughs> well, well, yes. There's well, one of them I came across, which is made me die on my third attempt. Was I looked out the window to find a man hanging from a tree, and no. that was three. Don't look out the window. But, but the, that's the problem. There's one window with some a useful clue on it, and that's. Someone, a, a sort of invisible ghost writes on it, but yes, I, I looked at the wrong window. Um, yes, so it's yes, that that's the problem. That's where the tension is. You know, you've got to get some things to help you, but you have but, to go into those rooms. You have yes. to look like in cupboards or behind curtains, and yeah, yeah. So yes, oh yeah, and cupboards. That was another one. I opened a door and a corpse fell on top of me. That was another oh, yeah. two fears. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it, uh, it, it it's it's tough because the uh, the book gives you uh, it will give you multiple fear points in, in numerous situations. Yes, exactly. Yes, it does. It, it's very liberal with the fear point throwing out and 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 yeah, like there are some bits where you can't avoid them if you want to win. Um, like I, I found a ghost who want who I think it was the ghost of the. Um, Earl's sister, but she gave me a fear point before I even spoke to her. So um, I know she was only trying to help, but she was being very scary at the time. She's the one you find in the uh, in the bedroom, isn't it? Oh yes, yes. So yeah, yes, she's... I found her as well. Um, and yeah, the um, I, I, I don't think that she she intends to scare you. Um, no, I get that vibe that she she genuinely does want to help. Yes, but being um, being a spectral presence from beyond the uh, the nether realms, you know, you kind of like your hands are kind of tied there, just a little bit. Exactly. Yes, you can't really help it. So, uh, yeah. Um, I feel a bit sorry yes. for her. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, yeah. She had a. Well, yeah. She, yeah. The Earl says she was found in the woods with uh, two uh, bite marks on her neck. So, um, he he's really um, he tells you this at dinner. So he's really sort of. Not being very subtle about it, he's really sort of putting it in, putting it in front of you, like he's, you know, like he knows he's going to sacrifice you, and so he just wants to tease you about it. And, yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Um, yes. Um, did Did you get to the uh, to the part with the dogs? Oh, I did on my uh, third attempt. Um, because it's also they're they're with a lady in a room who also gives you a fear point, mm. um, and oh, it's the Abaddon room. Um, so yes, I that one because that's one of the rooms that I stumbled into as I was playing the 
Ah, yes, excellent, yes. Um, I found a clue, um, so I was glad when I found her, because you have to know the lady's name for her to tell you anything useful. Um, her name is Mordana, which uh, won't help anyone who's playing, because you also need to know a, a, a section to turn to uh, where you can tell her name. But yeah, she's got the dogs with her, um, and she gives you a fear point. I think it's something, her eyes have, something's happened to her eyes. I think they're bleeding or something, or... Um, was this uh, was this one of the um, one of the uh, the first um, Final Fantasy books where uh, where when when you're given a clue it tells you um, to use this clue uh, turn to such and such section. Um, it is. Hang on, I'm just, I'm just going on through the ones before it. So um, because that it is very popular during the uh, during the series. It did, I, yeah. St St I think it's Steve Jackson's idea because this is. Um, I've noticed a lot of similarities between this and Creature of Havoc, where there's a section in the in this book where if you're in a part of the house, you have to subtract a number from the section you're on to find the secret door, which is a Creature of Havoc thing, and and then turning section. I think I think this was Steve Jackson's idea, but a lot of people adopted it later, and then sort of added to it when they had. Um, answers where you had to convert the letters to numbers, and and then work and then work out the number of the word and things. So yeah, kind of the uh, the the Final Fantasy series version of an anti-cheating system. Yes, ex exactly. Uh, yes, it it wasn't a perfect one because I just flicked through the book until I found a <laughs> section that sounded like, "Oh, you've got the answer." You know, something that says something like, oh, the door opens. You have got the correct password. The door opens. I won't lie, I never finished this book as, uh, as a kid. Just never finished it. Well, no, it's very hard. I don't... I, so I remember hard. finishing it. It is. It's very narrow. I remember finishing it once, maybe, in my dim and distant memory. But, um, um, yes, I mean, you've got to do lots of things to find um, a, a very special item, and there's it's it's hard because you need to know the exact places to investigate and the exact places to not investigate because they they will kill you whereas in the previous books in like well in an in, in an Ian Livingstone book if you investigate too many places you will probably just have another fight whereas in this book if you investigate too many places you will probably get scared to death or um, you might do what I did on my first attempt which was drink from the wrong bottle and then die I, I know I I uh, that was that was a really idiotic move right? but I thought it was um, yeah it was in a storeroom and I, I got oh I got a meat knife and I got some garlic and then it said there's a bottle of clear liquid would you like to drink it and I tried to remember if it was good or not and I thought oh well I'll, I'll just drink it and it turned out to be um, a big bottle of white wine which is what you're not supposed to drink oh, so don't drink the white wine that's what the portrait told you exactly exactly <laughs> Um, so yeah, so yeah, so yeah, it is it is hard. So I I couldn't remember. I, I remembered vague bits, but I obviously didn't remember all of it because I kept dying. So. I remember um, I remember that um, after you uh, after you managed to get through a good number of the uh, of the rooms, you eventually um, you're uh, you're able to head downstairs into the uh, into the lower parts of the house. And did yes. you get that far? I, I did on my third attempt. Oh, I did on my second and third attempt. But my second attempt, I went to the room where you die whatever you do, which was the kitchen. Mm. Did you go in the kitchen? I've been in the kitchen before. I didn't get to the kitchen this time. Uh, yeah, so I... Oh, this is my second attempt. I picked up some keys on the cooker, and they were red hot. Um, and... And then I tested my luck to see if I had picked them up with my sort of main hand or my other hand, and then um, and then I got captured and thrown in jail. So I, um, Steve Jackson, sort of raised my hopes there by making me test my luck to see if my um, I, I took a less penalty, a lower penalty, and then he killed me anyway. So um, he, yeah, he was toying with me there. That was that was pretty mean. That was um, uh, that was me. Yes. <laughs> They're just like, well, you're you're lucky you don't scream out in pain and the zombies don't instantly rush in and kill you. Yes, exactly. But yeah, so but then you get kidnapped by the cultists and thrown in jail. It's um yeah, he, he was very mean. And I think I think Steve Jackson does that. He sort of gives you fights sometimes. Um 
and then and then you die anyway so it sort of raises your hopes just to crush you so it's 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 very good it's a very good theme for a horror book about raising your hopes i mean you've um, gone down what's essentially uh one of the uh, one of the books dead end paths you may as well make it interesting i guess yeah, well yes <laughs> have an entertaining death i guess you could choose your death you could you could get you know you could get killed by a ghoul or you could um scream when you pick up the keys so i guess he's giving you a choice on how you're supposed to die but uh, yeah. The, um, and you mentioned uh, being sacrificed by the uh, cultists. That's the uh, the entire um, the entire vibe of the of the book. That there is uh, the the master of the state, the earl, is the head of a uh, of a cult, um, and, and they uh, they are here to uh, to practice um, human sacrifices. It, it it's kind of got the uh, the the manos, the hands of fate, kind of kind of vibe. Uh, I I guess so. I haven't actually seen that. Okay, well we have to fix that then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, I think they've uh, they've re-released it fairly recently, like a like a deluxe digital uh, digital edition version of uh, Manos: The Hands of Fate. Okay, it's I, I, one I of should... the worst films ever made. Oh, I should definitely watch it then. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> it yes. won't help you get through the book though. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I think um, we've, we've mentioned that uh, the, the game kind of um, you went through a no-win uh, kind of dead end section there, and that's um, that's if you go down the uh, the main stairs, isn't it? Yes, yes, that's right. But that's your, your um, first instinct, though, isn't it? It's like you're, you're on the uh, the landing, uh, big dramatic staircase going down. You can almost see the uh, the door out. The first instinct you've got is to make a beeline for it, but that's not what you want to do. No, no, exactly, because because all the doors are locked, um, so you need to explore. And then, well, then I, I I did get to the room you're supposed to go to, which is a room with a fireplace in, because mm -hmm. your route to freedom actually takes you underground. Um, so there's a secret entrance, a secret door which takes you to the cellar, but that's where I died because you gain a fear point you press a button and fall through a hole and gain a fear point and that's where i died um but i i it is the right path because you because you read a there's a letter in that room and and it gives you a, a hint at a password and then and then it vaguely came back to me that i needed the password and i needed to know where the secret door in the cellar was um and then and then i died of, of being a fright um but but yes how did, but, uh, but, how did you die of fright um, oh, because if you, you, so you press a button above the fireplace and then a hole opens up beneath you and you gain a fear point because you fall, fall through the pole. Oh. I guess it's, it's scary because you fall and, and you lose stamina as well because you fall. But uh, Is that I, before or after you get to the library? Um, the, is that instead uh, of the library? I think that's after the library. Because it's the um, library where I died. Ah, I, I, I basically I picked up uh, and decided, oh, this 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 book looks particularly interesting to read. Never oh, pick dear. up a book that looks particularly interesting to read in a haunted house. No, uh, do you have pentagrams on it? And, oh, it uh... did. Yeah, yeah. Lots, lots of nice, uh, nice um, inverted pentagrams are kind of etched in fire with a few uh, goat skulls, um, just kind of flanking it on side to side. The title was the Necrono something. Okay. Yeah. Yes, I, I I keep trying to get that, but that's always out of my current library. They, it's very popular, so. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, my uh, my playthrough of the uh, of the um, of the House of Hell ended uh, quite uh, quite auspiciously as my character um, picked up the book, uh, flicked through it, witnessed um, secrets best not known to humanity, and I presume just kind of gave a kind of gurgle and fell over dead. Oh, no, yes. So well, well, yeah. So I guess. I guess you shouldn't read too much then in a haunted house. <laughs> um, and they were almost certainly spared from uh, from the underground areas as well. Well, well, yes, exactly. Um, I, I did go through 
Um, I did. I did go through a bit afterwards just to see what was going on. Or, yes, well, there were clues. Yes. That's where we're. Yeah. That's where we're going next. Let's tell yes. people how the um, how the adventure can end. Well, yes. So, um, so the whole the reason you need all these clues is because there's a secret room in the house which has a very special knife. Um, it's the K R I S knife. I call it the Chris knife, but I don't know if that's. I, right pronunciation. I thought it was pronounced the Chris knife as well. Okay, yes. Yeah, so that's the um, only weapon that can kill the master of the cult. Um, so that, which is why they keep it um, so hidden away so well. Um, along with along with a bottle of black liquid, which if you open kills you instantly. Like um, you I'm don't even get how. you don't even get the chance to drink it. No, you don't even get the chance to drink it. Um, I uh, well, I could say what it is, but. Uh, that would spoil a, a lovely death section. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, because I, I remember when I was younger, I, I I'd, I'd go to death sections knowing that they were death sections, but just just I, the curiosity got the better of me. Um, just to see what happens. Just to see what happens. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, so yeah, so, you, so if you get the Chris knife, you have to make your way out of the of the cellars. Um, so there's there's various characters. There's the man in grey, which who I didn't come across, but he's he's a an ally. Um, he's 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 grey. He's grey because they well one person you ask ask about him thinks that he's grey because he's got a dusty robe now as opposed to a nice clean one. Um, there's I remember the torturer, who you have to answer lots of questions for, and if. And if you don't get it right, he um, offers you the choice of dying in a very small cage or dying in a very, or di dying crouched down in a very small cage or dying standing up. I, I remember a... that choice. That was, uh, that's, that's a lovely choice because you, you kind of, you still have a bit of a hope that um, if you choose the right one, you can escape. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, you don't, you don't. No. You, you don't. Um, so yes, so um, those, those are the bits I remember. Like, oh, seller! Oh, no, and there's and there's one more section. The the sacrifice. You get to mm. possibly stumble across the sacrifice, which um, I find is very interesting because if you do the thing that you're that you think you should do in every other fighting fantasy book, it doesn't end up so well. No, no. no. So I, I mean, um, having said that, I. I don't remember if um, even if you witnessed the uh, the sacrifice um, taking place in the in the catacombs beneath the house. I don't even remember if it's possible to escape. Oh, possibly not. Um, so yeah. So if you go and save the girl, then um, you die because you're fighting a load of people, which in real life never goes well. Um, I, I I've got it in front of me. I'm just trying to find a way out. I'm going to section <laughs> ET. Um, oh, Steve Jackson, he likes to drag these things out. He doesn't just say... Because <laughs> 80 goes to another one. We make it sound quite oh, grim, don't we? That the only oh, yeah. way through the house of hell is death. Well, it, it probably is, yes. But no, um, we, we, we do assure everyone who's listening, it is possible to, uh, to win this game. Yes, it is. Actually, I've just remembered, you can get past the cult... But only if you've read something earlier on, um, and have a secret section. Yes, it, it is possible to win this game. It's just a very narrow path. And um, what happens at the end? Presuming that you have survived, you have found the uh, found the Chris knife. You've got to wonder, like, why the cults um, have like the only weapon that can destroy their um, their evil cult leader, and decide to just keep it um, like in the same house as them. Well, exactly. Um, that, that it does make you wonder. And I remember, well, I, I remember reading a blog post that had a very interesting answer to this. Um, I don't remember the name of the blog, but the post was titled Balthus Dyer's Lovely Curtains, <laughs> which um, which anyone who's read Citadel Chaos knows what it's talking about. And they came up with a theory that if, if someone is making packs with demons to get more power, then the demons might want to sort of install like a, a safety feature in case their sort of servant ends up turning on them and so they have this convoluted sort of sequence of items or things that you do that kills their servants 
um, just in case they go rogue, so to speak. So, um, so his theory is that the reason that all these evil sorcerers and everything have this, the one thing that can kill them nearby is, is because that is a um, that is a condition of their pact with the demon. Do you that's... think that maybe the demon has people inside the cult who are who are kind of double agents and actually working for the demon to make sure that the cult leader doesn't um, go out of line? Oh well, yes, I, I definitely think that that would be yes. I bet no one's above suspicion in a cult. I'm sure um, cults are full of paranoid people who make sure everyone stays in line. So yes. We're definitely moving way too much into this. We we are, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We think yeah, yeah. We're thinking too much about running a cult as well. So just a little. Um, bit. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, um, you get to the, uh, the the dramatic ending um, where having found the Chris knife, um, you uh, you have the opportunity to um, to confront the uh, the Earl, the, uh, the the leader of this cult. Um, well, I say you, you have the opportunity. You're kind of like backed into a corner a little bit, but um, nevertheless, you can uh, you can confront the uh, the Earl, and um, then at the at the last moment, something quite interesting happens. Well, well, yes, because the well, the Earl's with his butler, Franklin's, um, and and very confusingly, um, it turns out that the Earl is not actually the the true leader of this cult. Um, or he, he might be the the human, he might do the sort of day-to-day -day stuff, but it turns out that the demon's been living in the house all along, and it's not the Earl, it's actually uh, Franklin's, the butler, ah. which which is a twist, because if you fight the Earl, then you actually lose. You have to fight, you have to face Franklin's, the butler. Um, and so um, if you hit him once, he turns he turns into a hell demon, and if you survive the, uh, the fear you get from watching someone turn into a hell demon. Um, if you have the Chris knife, then you can fight the the hell demon, um, which is actually, it's not an impossible combat because the hell demon has a skill of 14, but the Chris knife gives you a, a plus six bonus to your skill. So um, that's, that actually makes it quite doable. I just like um, that as a twist at the end of the book there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's Yes, it's the final... It's the it's the final twist. It's it's sort of, you know, it's it's re making you realise there's a man behind the man. It's it's a it's a decoy that the Earl's just been a decoy this whole time. That's very uh, very much in uh, in feel of the uh, of the of the horror films that it's trying to um, to emulate. Yes, exactly. It's, yeah, it's brilliant. You always get a uh, twist in the tail there. Yeah, well, exactly. It's like oh, everyone thinks that the demon's been banished, and then and then the little girl sort of turns around and gives an evil grin and her eyes glow red and then she walks <laughs> off with them and then you know and then you know that next day they'll all be found dead in the, on the side of the road it's a bit it's a bit like that isn't it um, maybe jason's so, not dead after all well, exactly <laughs> <laughs> oh but yeah no um, i'm 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 trying to think now does the uh does the book like hint at who the uh, who the true true leader is I'm trying to. I'm, I'm trying to remember if there's ever people. Well, I don't know if there's ever ever a sort of a obvious one. But people talk about the master. They don't really meant, say explicitly that the Earl is the master. They just talk about the master, which um, which kind of might be a little hint that um, it's not the Earl who's actually in charge. It's uh, definitely an interesting. Yes, it is. It is. Yeah, it's very well done. And and Steve Jackson tries to steer you away because if you attack the butler, he sort of cowers in fear, and then he offers you the option of attacking the Earl again. <laughs> so he's he's giving you loads of chances to make the wrong decision. So um, yes, he's he's being very diabolical in in this sense. So yes, it's yes. I, I, I can I can see Steve Jackson in um, Steve Jackson all over this because if if you read his other books, then a lot of them have narrow paths and lots of twists and turns. And um, yeah, so so I'm thinking more of Creature of Havoc. There's lots of Creature of Havoc in this, even though they're completely different genres. There's lots of there's lots of uh, there's lots of sort of Steve Jackson sort of um, 
sort of Stars. themes. Tropes, yeah. 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 Steve Jackson tropes. Um, yeah. So that is, that, that is sort of a very interesting thing. You can see it here. So, um, yeah. So it's, it's, it's quite, yeah, it's brilliant. What are your, uh, what are your favorite moments, um, in, uh, in House of Hell? What, what, uh, what sections stand out for you the most? Uh, that is a good point. So my favorite, well, I mean, I, I love the, uh, the hanged man in the, in the window. Cause oh, that, yes. that's, that's, that's very, that's very good jump scare. Um, the torture has got to be another one just because, just because of the evil ways he offers you how to die. Um, and then, oh, what, what are the other ones? I, oh, um, the man in gray. So I didn't, I didn't encounter him, but I remember his, his, uh, I, I, I went back and, and I, went through his encounter just to remind myself and it's well he's he's a bit humorous really because when you first oh, uh oh i might be getting confused it's a white haired man it's it's there's lots of color related things it's a white haired man are actually yeah yeah um and if you go into a room this white haired man attacks you um but then but then if you hit him once he sort of he sort of thinks he tells you he thinks you're a member of the cult and then it, it's quite humorous because you say, oh, well, how can I prove that I'm not a member of the cult? And, and then he says, make the sign of the cross. And you're like, well, OK, then. And you do it. And then he sort of and then he's convinced. But for you, it's like, yeah, of course, I can make the sign of the cross. And but he's sort of he's thinking, oh, these cultists, they can't make the sign of the cross. So that I thought it was quite humorous in, in a sense. He's asking you to do something that is quite simple. And oh, and also the hunchback, um, oh, yes. because you can, yeah. you can get him drunk. Which is quite funny. Um, there's, uh, and then... there's multiple um, like uh, like scenes with uh, with Sheku the uh, the hunchback, and um, if I remember right, the uh, the choice um, that you make at the dinner um, uh, it has it has an impact on uh, on how you encounter him because if you uh, if you make the wrong choice at dinner, um, you. Uh, when you encounter him, you're passed out in the um, in the bedroom. Whereas if you're um, if you uh, if you're still awake, then you have the uh, the chance to kind of watch him enter the room, and you can kind of like uh, preempt uh, preempt him entering in there. And um, I I I do like that. I like that it kind of takes uh, takes a slightly um, slightly different angle depending on what uh, what your choices are. Um, yes, I think that's uh, that's why my uh, my favourite choice is the uh, is the dinner sequence with the uh, with the master, which is just suitably tense. Um, and I also really like the uh, the scene in the kitchen, the um, the dead end sequence, which um, I know no you sh no, no you shouldn't because um, there's like, you've already already kind of sealed your fate at that point. But just seeing the uh, the keys to the front door just on the uh, on the oven of course you, you your first instinct is to just reach out and grab it and oh my god it's absolutely red hot and you've burnt your hand and now you need to determine which hand it is <laughs> and it's just everything goes wrong from that point and it's just it, it's a marvelous disaster moment um and it, I, I just love that oh yes yeah he likes to he like yes it's good it's it's nice when you know someone's putting effort into their death scenes because it's quite easy to just go to say that you you die they kill you but uh this is one of those books where they really put an effort steve really puts an effort into the death scenes and so even if you do die it's entertaining so that's that's good shall um, we uh, shall we go marks out of 10 for this was it marks out of 10 we did last time or was it marks out of five well we both did five and then we added it up to make to uh, mark out of 10 that's right so, so marks out of five then Okay. Well, uh, so this one, uh, I, I'm going to give it four out of five because of the the atmosphere and um, the sort of the interactions, like you say, and, and the tension and how it fits horror very well. Um, so yeah, I'm going to I'm going to go for four out of five. I am going to go for four and a half out of five. Um, it has a very special place in my heart. I remember playing it so many times as a child. Um, and I I love the uh, the the atmosphere, like you've said. Um, I love the characters, um, even for a for a for a book where um, where you're in an abandoned house. It's so 
packed full of, uh, of haunting characters as well. The only reason it loses the uh, the five, uh, sorry, the uh, the half that, that it doesn't quite get the five, is because of just how brutally difficult it is. Yes, exactly. Yes, yes, very narrow, but uh, it'll be very satisfying when you crack it finally. So that gives yeah. us um, eight and a half out of ten. Yeah, brilliant. Excellent. Lovely. What's well, excellent book? So um, we have thoroughly enjoyed the uh, House of Hell this week, um, and we will be returning on the podcast from Firetop Mountain next week uh, with another fighting fantasy classic. And I believe, um, I believe you've got written down there somewhere which one it is, because I cannot for the life of me remember. Right, it is. It is Space Assassin. It is okay. Space Assassin. Oh no! Why would you do this to me? Um, so, <laughs> before anyone says anything, I know what people think of Space Assassin. It, it has a special place in my heart because it was my second fighting fantasy book, and I know the the, the victory ending is pretty bad. But I think um, there are some really good set pieces in it, which unfortunately you. It's really hard to find, so I'm going to try and defend Space Assassin. <laughs> and um, I will, I will categorically not. You know how I feel about the science fiction fighting fantasy books. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I, I know I picked. I didn't even pick. I didn't even pick what's considered one of the better fighting fan, uh, science fiction ones. But... It is going to be interesting, at very least. <laughs> yes. Um, at least he wasn't um, Skylord. I didn't pick that one. No, no. So join us next week where we are playing Skylord. Not Skylord. No, not Skylord. No. Maybe the week after. Yeah, maybe the week after because uh, we all <laughs> we we all love Skylord. I mean, that the cover alone oh. is uh, it's something else. That's another um, thing I love about uh, House of Hell. The cover on it is absolutely fantastic. Oh, it is. Yes, exactly. Yes, Just yeah, like, brilliant. Look at the cover. You will notice something different each time you look at it. That's just beautiful. It is. Yes. Oh but, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, join us. Uh, join us the same time next week for another episode uh, with Space Assassin. Brilliant. Yeah. So I have been Alison Saib, and I have been joined by Stuart Lloyd. Thank you for yay. Thank <laughs> yay. Do you want to do you want to read us out? Thank you for joining us on the on the podcast from Firetop Mountain. It's been brilliant. See you next time. Huzzah! See you then. What? The podcast from Firetop Mountain is brought to you by our Patreon supporters. Malachite Idol, Zach Rules, Billy Holder, Spike Murphy, Dawn Upson, Alexandru Bugatti, Snyder's Return. Support us on our Patreon and may your stamina never fail.